The views expressed on this program are solely those of the speaker and do not reflect the views and opinions of Centennial Securities. Be reminded that this podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Happy Friday! Welcome to the Weekly Investment Podcast, where we discuss the week's must-know investment news and how it affects your money. I am your host, Walter. This week, we discuss earnings, the debt ceiling, and Davos. It's been another exciting week in the investment world, so let's crack right into the news. Earnings season has kicked off, with companies operating in many sectors of the economy reporting results and giving guidance that have been, generally, weaker than expected. Let's take a deeper dive into who's reported, their results, and what to look for next as companies continue to announce their year-end performance and outlook for the new year. Discover Financial Services shares are lowered by 6% after the credit card company posted quarterly earnings. The firm reported earnings and revenue lower than what analysts expected. The bank also boosted its provision for credit losses compared to the prior year, potentially signaling that it sees a weaker economy ahead. Aluminum producer Alcoa's shares ended the week lower by over 6% after the company reported earnings that showed a net loss for the fourth quarter 2022. The company also said that it faced challenging market conditions in the period, including high costs for both energy and raw materials alongside lower pricing for aluminum. Goldman Sachs posted its largest earnings miss in a decade as revenue fell and expenses and loan loss provisions came in higher. Widely expected to be awful, Goldman Sachs' fourth quarter results were worse than anticipated. Shares in the New York-based investment bank fell more than 4.5% for the week. And it now looks like layoffs will be needed at Goldman to cut costs in the short term, as well as a newly revamped strategic plan to keep up with competitors like Morgan Stanley in the long term. Morgan Stanley's stock has more than doubled Goldman's performance over the last five years. In a bright spot, Netflix posted better-than-expected subscriber growth in the fourth quarter, adding over 7.5 million new subscribers, well ahead of the 4.5 million the company had projected. For the first time ever, subscriber growth wasn't the only key metric closely watched by traders, as ad revenue is also being watched. It was Netflix ad tier that drove the net increase in subscribers. Here's who to keep an eye on in the following weeks. Intel, the struggling semiconductor maker, will give a feel for when the microchip sector could possibly turn around. Meta, parent company of Facebook, reports in early February and will detail how critical ad revenue 
and costs related from their still-developing metaverse business net out. Lastly, Amazon also reports in early February, will the massive online retailer rebound from their recent lulls and the post-pandemic slowdown in their business? Stay tuned to The Whip, who will be reporting as the results come in. The U.S. government hit its borrowing limit on Thursday, causing the Treasury to activate, quote, extraordinary measures, unquote, to keep paying the government's bills. What is the debt ceiling? Why does it matter? And what happens next? Like all of us, governments must borrow when they spend more money than they receive, and they do so by issuing bonds, which are a promise to repay the money in the future and make regular interest payments. Government debt is the total sum of all this borrowed money. The debt ceiling, which Congress established 100 years ago, is the maximum amount the government can borrow, essentially a limit on the national debt. As of a week ago, the U.S. debt was almost $31 trillion, about 22% more than the value of all the goods and services that will be produced in the U.S. economy this year. Around one quarter of this money, the government actually owes to itself. The Social Security Administration has accumulated a surplus and invests the extra money, currently about $3 trillion, in government bonds. And the Federal Reserve owns about $5.5 trillion in U.S. Treasury bonds. The rest is public debt. As of late 2022, foreign countries, companies, and individuals owned a little over $7 trillion of U.S. government debt. Japan and China are the largest holders with around $1 trillion each. The rest is owned by U.S. citizens, businesses, as well as state and local governments. So what happens when the U.S. hits the debt ceiling? When the U.S. nears its debt limit, the Treasury Secretary can use those extraordinary measures to conserve cash. One such measure is to temporarily stop funding retirement programs for government employees. The expectation is that once the ceiling is raised, the government would then make up the difference. The measure, though, will only buy a small amount of time. If the debt ceiling isn't raised before the Treasury Department exhausts its options, decisions will have to be made about who gets paid with those daily tax revenues. Further borrowing will not be possible. Government employees or contractors may not be paid in full. Loans to small businesses or college students may stop completely. When the government can't pay all its bills, it is technically in default. Many fear that a government default would have dire economic consequences, soaring interest rates, financial markets in panic, and maybe an economic depression. Under normal circumstances, once markets start panicking, Congress and the president usually act to raise the debt ceiling. Now, could we be doing things differently? Congress has, after all, approved the spending and the tax laws that require more debt. Why should we also have to approve the additional borrowing? 
Some potential solutions include allowing the U.S. Treasury to mint platinum coins of any denomination. For example, if the U.S. Treasury minted a $1 trillion coin and deposited it into its bank account at the Federal Reserve, the money could be used to pay for government programs or repay government bondholders. Arguably, the best solution would be to scrap the debt ceiling altogether. Few countries even have a debt ceiling. Other governments operate effectively without it, and the U.S. could too. A debt ceiling is dysfunctional, and it periodically puts the U.S. economy in jeopardy because of all the political grandstanding surrounding it. Currently, the U.S. Treasury has about $400 billion in cash on hand, and the U.S. government expects to borrow around $100 billion each month, leaving funding available until June. Global financial elite meet in Davos, Switzerland this week. The World Economic Forum, as it's known, is an international organization that gets together each year to discuss significant issues that impact the economy. Let's look at the World Economic Forum, or WEF, and its agenda for 2023. The WEF is best known for its annual World Economic Forum meeting at the ski resort at Davos, Switzerland. The event draws leaders from around the world for a series of discussions about global issues. The WEF is a cross-section from the private and public sectors and includes some of the most prominent CEOs, diplomats, celebrities, media personalities, government officials, religious leaders, and union representatives from around the world. Membership is by invitation only. So what does the WEF do? WEF meetings introduce new ideas, trends, and organizations to members and the public and are commonly believed to influence corporate and public sector decision-making. The WEF has several ongoing projects aimed at addressing specific global concerns, including climate change, healthcare, and urban development. It works with its international partners to bring about positive change in these areas. The WEF also produces research into its members' areas of interest and helps guide public-private sector collaboration and communication among its members. But the WEF has no real power to make decisions. The purpose of its annual meeting is to bring the world's decision makers together regularly to discuss the pressing problems of the day and consider how best to address them. This year's World Economic Forum gathering in Davos has trade ministers from a handful of nations announcing a new initiative to promote trade policies that support action on climate change. Other pressing issues include mitigating inflation and addressing the slowing global economy. A hot topic of conversation this year includes the potential of a recession and how mild it could be. The week's forum ends today with a discussion on what comes next for central bank monetary policy around the world. Join us next week for our very first interview of the year. The WHIP is pleased to have wealth management attorney, chief compliance officer, 
and General Counsel for Centennial Securities, Jordan Powers, on the pod. Join us next Friday for that conversation and much, much more. Thank you for listening, and please have a nice weekend when you get there. Talk to you next week. Thank <laughs> you.